So, y'all blessed tonight? You know what? We need to, we need to be telling testimonies. You know, um, you, might, you might be preparing some testimonies to share. Amen? That's how we overcome. You know what we do when we're, when we're declaring a testimony is we're, we're shifting our gaze from what the enemy's doing to what God's doing. And when you do that, you get into faith. Amen? <laughs> so, um, so let's, let's do that. Let's be, let's be recognizing what God's doing. You know, there's just so much. If you, ha- if you uh, are u- used to getting on the news or anything else, man, you would think there's just nothing good going on at all. But, um, but we are blessed, aren't we? And uh, that's why I love, I love these declarations that we have. Because what you're doing when you're declaring what God's doing is you're magnifying him. Amen? And, um, and we're getting our thoughts over onto him. So, you know, I was thinking about that. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but I think, I'm not going to think that thought. I'm not going to think that thought. You know? <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to think that. And, and God doesn't tell us to not think things. He tells us to think things. So the best way to not think about something is to start thinking about something. <laughs> Does that make sense? So you just got to think on what's good. Amen. I want I want to talk tonight about our authority and how it's associated with faith. So how many have been reading along on our on our daily uh, readings? Uh, man, gospels have some long chapters, don't they? <laughs> it can take, and you think, well, which part of this am I going to comment on? You know, it's like. <laughs> And then we have the same stories that are written in different parts. And, and there was one that it, we were um, we were in Luke seven this week, I believe it was. And um, and actually, it, it's the same story that's over in Matthew also uh, about the centurion. Um, and I just saw something there that I think we can draw out because to be victorious, to be who we are in Christ, we need to operate in our authority. And I want to make this correlation between faith and authority because everything that we do in God is by faith. But, and, and so it's going to require uh, an identity. It's going to require a confidence. It's going to require authority. And sometimes I think even when we're talking about faith, we, don't, we just want to say, well, if God said it, then that's what I'm going to say. But there needs to be this, this resource that you're coming from that I want to talk about tonight that... Uh, that this this story really helps us with that that um, uh, will help us to be able to operate in the authority that we do have. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't. Um, we've had a lot of issues lately, and I'll just kind of get ahead of myself a little bit and kind of give you a, an analogy because we've had some problems in our country with well. Some of it's getting twisted, but all it takes is for one policeman or one person that's in authority to be corrupt to make the whole thing look bad or to give somebody a foothold to, to make it systematic or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 um, and that's what the enemy wants to do is he wants to, because to, what happens when somebody that's supposed to be in a position of authority uh, is actually on the side of perversion is breaking the law, they lose their credibility for authority. Does that make sense? And so um, I believe that's what this story is talking about, that there's, there's this part that we have to play. We can't just say, well, I'm in Christ. I'm wearing a label of being in Christ. So now the devil better listen to me. Because if I, if I uh, am not under authority, if I'm not listening, if I'm not obeying what I've been given to do, I have no grounds for telling anybody else what to do, you know? And I think that's a lot of times what parents have a problem with, uh, with you know, bringing up kids. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to tell your kid not to do something that you're doing, you know? <laughs> My grandpa, uh, my grandpa Beerman, <laughs> he, uh, he, he had actually had, had uh, a really hard worker, but he, he had um, gotten blood poisoning in his hand and um, lost two of his fingers, and, and the two others were just kind of hooks. 
And so, but he, dad said he could still work circles around people. He's just really hard worker. Um, but he would take with those two hooks, and I don't know if he put the, the paper on the, on this hand or the other one, but he would roll a cigarette, you know, and he, he would smoke cigarettes, and he actually died of cancer of the esophagus, you know. But he would roll that cigarette, and he'd say, Steve, whatever you do, don't do this. <laughs> you know, don't smoke cigarettes, you know. It's like, while he's smoking. So it's like, <laughs> now I never did, but, but you know, I've, I've heard of, of people saying, well, you know, if, if our kids are going to do it anyway, we want them to just do it in the house with us. You know, it's like, huh? you don't have any credibility to lead somebody somewhere or to have authority even to tell somebody not to do something if you're not living in it in yourself. So, so let's get into this. I got several <laughs> passages to, to read through, and I, be, I believe it'll really be good. So out of Matthew uh, 8, uh, it says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. So he's saying a whole bunch of stuff in this one verse, isn't he? He's saying, first of all, because I am under authority, I can tell somebody else what to do. Me being under authority validates me and puts me in a position of confidence to tell somebody else what to do. The whole military, you know, system is built around commanding somebody what uh, to do something, right? And you expect them to do it. Now, I was thinking about this. You know, uh, when, it, when it comes to the military, um, they don't care if you smoke, if you cuss, if you are... are you know, in, infidelity. They don't care about anything, but you, if you don't do what they tell you to do, you've just sinned against them, and you're going to go in the brink. Why? Because it's what you told them to do, that, or what they told you to do, that they, they see that as a violation of what they've commanded if you don't do it, right? <laughs> so, this is how he's used to operating, and, and you... You know, if somebody if somebody's going to be in the military, you better learn to take commands. And the more you do that, the more you put your in, yourself in a position for uh, you know advancement, and you're going to be in in a in a position of authority because you've learned, and you're never going to get to that position of authority until you've gone through the a process of obeying for a long time. And they say, "Oh, this person knows how to obey orders." And the first time you say no, the first time you disobey, the first time you think you're on your own and they're never going to catch you, they're going to know. <laughs> and what they do is they see that as a disqualification for authority. That makes sense? All right, let's keep going a little bit. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great what? Did he say authority? He said faith, didn't he? Because faith is associated with authority. You know, sometimes we want to go through all these kind of seven steps to faith and seven steps to growing in faith and, 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 and all those are good. But what has taken place when you begin, it's all based upon the word of God, isn't it? And what is the word of God? It's directives, isn't it? And Jesus he says, wow, this guy's getting a clue. The word of God isn't something you can just take or leave. It's something you have to align yourself with. <laughs> and he said, I haven't seen this kind of faith. He understands that all you have to do is speak and things are going to change. Because it's about authority. It's about being over something. And, and when you're in that position, things have to change. But not just because of, of your label, but because of your 
obedience. Uh, where, your, or, where your position is a result of being under authority. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not in Israel. And I say to you that many will come. This is kind of the cool part, and this is probably why I wanted to look at Matthew instead of, of Luke's version of this. It says, I say to you that many will come from east and west and will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. What's he talking about there? He said, there's going to be people, people coming from all over the world that aren't part of the Jewish religion, and they're going to sit down and be a part of the kingdom because it's not about just your family heritage. It's not just about your, your position. It's about your faith. And your faith, you know, sometimes they're, they're talking about people of faith around the world, you know, and they say, oh, there are people of faith. Are you a man of faith? Well, what does that mean? That you just believe something? No, it, it, it means that you're under something. <laughs> You're under some authority, and when you get under authority, there, there will be, be an indication in your life when you're really in faith is that when you no longer just take things, but you begin to command things. And it will come as a result of, of little areas in our life that we, we are, are complying with. <laughs> okay, that's, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but this is the crux of what I want to say is that God wants to, to build us up in faith but he's not going to get us into a position. We want to see signs and wonders, don't we? We, we want to see God moving. He's going to move through people that he can speak through, that he can speak something to, and they actually do it. And it's not going to be just extending your hand. No, he's told us a whole bunch of other stuff that we need to be doing. Okay. Wow, I'm way off ahead of myself. Okay. But what he's saying here is that it's, it's not enough to just be a Christian People are going to come from some, somebody that we don't even think. You know, some, I, I kind of relate it to sports sometimes. Some of these guys just do not look like athletes at all. And yet, that, that little skinny guy that, uh, oh, that, that, that real tall guy, I forget what his name was. But anyway, sometimes they don't, they don't look like they're an athlete at all. But it's what they've disciplined themselves to that enables them to be able to be successful at something. Amen? And, and it's not our... our prejudgment of anybody even ourselves god's not looking for somebody that's able to do something in themselves he's looking he's looking for people that will do what he says amen but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness the sons of the kingdom there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth remember we talked about a little bit of weeping and gnashing of teeth on sunday right and you know there's so many areas that talk about People that, that feel like they're safe, but it's not enough to just be in the fold. You got to be doing what you're supposed to be doing in the fold. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. You know, Jesus did the healing, but it was the believing on his part that received it. Uh, the, the centurion didn't actually operate in, in authority, but his submission to Jesus enabled authority and in, in, in his reception of that healing, right? Okay, let's keep going. Matthew 7, 21. So this is, this is right kind of in line with what he was just talking about. He said there's going to be people coming outside of the kingdom that are going to sit down right with Abraham. Isn't that going to be cool when we get to heaven? You know, you can actually, <laughs> you might have to get in line. You know, that's, what's, that's, what, that's probably what uh, eternity is about. It's getting in line for the dudes, you know, to actually sit down and have some time with them. You know, it's like, well, who are you waiting for right now? I don't know. I got a couple hundred years. I'm waiting for David, you know. <laughs> Matthew 7, 21. Doing what is commanded enables kingdom authority. So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven how many would i mean you, you know we, we we would have to especially us in here right now we would say god is in authority he's a sovereign god anything that he wants to do he's going to do except for if i say no right god's not going to make us do stuff right 
That's why it's not everyone that says, Lord, Lord. It's not about how you look in front of other people. It's not about even to yourself. That's why there has to be this humbling of ourselves and saying, God, reveal in me anything that's not submitted to you, you know? That's why, you know, before Jesus even came on the scene, John went around, what, did, what, was, he re, what was he preaching? And Jesus preached the same thing. He, he preached repentance, didn't he? What is repentance? Not my will, your will. What God wants, that's what I'm going to go towards. What is that? You are in authority. I'm going to submit to your authority now. I'm no longer the king of my life. You are the king of my life. It sounds kind of basic, but it's very necessary, I think, for us and in, 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 in us to understand this authority that we have. Okay, let's keep going. So, Mark 1, 21. So, commanding comes from authority. And, and Jesus was amazing in this way. Remember, right from the start, when he would do any, when he would speak, he spoke from a different position than, than the fairies, the, the, the fairies, the, the scribes and the Pharisees. But when he spoke, it was obvious that he was, coming from a different position because the scribes and the Pharisees were getting their authority from their scholastics. Have you ever gone to college? You know, uh, <laughs> had a professor in college. You know, sometimes the professors in, in college are the least able to actually do what they're teaching, you know? Because they haven't actually submitted themselves to the discipline of actually doing it. It's kind of like I was talking on Sunday. My, my teacher couldn't even demonstrate for me what to do. I'm sure he, you know, at one point he could. But, but you know, it's, it's not enough to know the information. And that was the difference when Jesus showed up. Every, before that, they were just talking about, uh, and, 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 you know, rabbis are really a, a lot of fun to listen to, actually. They can tell these stories, and the way they speak, it's just really fun to listen. They're just really, I had some rabbis teaching some courses I took in college, and it's like, they just like to tell stories, and it's just really wonderful. But when Jesus began to speak, he was not just there to tell some nice stories. In fact, a lot of what Jesus talked about was challenging. He didn't just come to, to tickle people's ears and, and to say, this is a way that you should be. He came to challenge <laughs> because he was living a life of challenge. <laughs> he, was, he had completely submitted his own life to the will of the Father. Everything he did was in submission. Now when he's speaking, he's speaking with authority. He's operating with authority. Now when he, when he uh, encounters something in opposition, a spirit, any kind of sickness, anything in opposition to him, he has been so submitted to authority now in his own life that what comes out of his mouth is a command. It's not a request. It's not a prayer. It's because he's been under authority. Now what comes out of him is just a response that is just, wow, what in the world was that? Right? Okay, let's read about it because the Bible says it a little bit better than I do. So, Mark 1, 21. Then they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. It was on the Sabbath that he always got in most trouble, Right? And I think he kind of liked it too, you know. It was part of the plan because that's what actually got him onto the cross, which was necessary, you know, because <laughs> he went against some things. And they were astonished. You know, this isn't just like, wow, that was like really good. No, no, they were astonished at his teaching because it came from a different place. It came from a relationship with a master, it came from a position of experience. What he talked about, he had lived. What he talked about came from a, a complete devotion to what God said, right? 
And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. This is very much related to that centurion then, isn't it? It's like, oh, there's an authority that goes. And, and what he's speaking now, now look, look what happens there. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out saying, let us alone. What happens when you get into the position of authority? Now the things that are in opposition are going to rise up. When you're not in authority, you might have the right stuff, but but you see opposition as disqualification of what you have. Do you see that? Sometimes we can have something from the word of God. And we say, well, I guess that doesn't work because all I can see is opposition. <laughs> and when you get in a position of authority, there's going to be our, uh, it's going to stir some things up. The enemy's going to say, oh, here's some, here, here's the real deal. Remember, uh, those guys that were uh, trying to cast out demons and they said, Paul we know and Jesus we know, but who in the world are you? There's a difference when you actually are in a position under authority that gives you a position to command. And that's where the realm of faith is. It will be commanding spirits, but it will be commanding anything else that we run into, Right? Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Remember, this is the same thing that happened to the disciples later on. It's the Spirit of God in him. It wasn't just because he was the Son of God. It was because he was under authority. Amen? But Jesus rebuked him and said, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. He had to do what Jesus said to do because Jesus was in authority. When you're in authority, stuff has to do what you tell it to do. But you're not able to, to speak. And, and this is why it's almost dangerous to try to speak until you've been under, until you're confident in where you are. And man, we'll hit this. This is good, isn't it? Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? See, it's, it's a way of, what is a doctrine? That's a way of believing, isn't it? Oh, there's, this, is, this isn't just Judaism. This is power. Remember Paul said, I don't want to just come talking to you about stuff. I don't want you to be impressed with me, what I can say. I want you to be impressed with the power because the power indicates authority. Amen? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits. And what do they do? They obey. So, let's keep going. The source of Jesus' authority was obedience. You can say, well, he was the son of God. No, he wasn't just the son of God. He came as the son of man. And what gave him authority was not his lineage from heaven, it was his submission to authority on earth. And what he was doing was demonstrating to us how we can do the same thing. Amen? Because he was given authority as the son of God, but he was enabled in authority by his obedience. Amen? John five nineteen. Then Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, for what, whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. What's he doing? He's saying, I submit myself to only the things that I can see my father doing. If I can't see my father doing it, I'm not going to do it. It's not something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, act out. It's not going to be something you can see me doing. <laughs> okay. So, so this is where Jesus, where is he getting his authority? Says, I only I only do what God's what I see God doing. He'd go up on the mountaintop, spend the night on the mountain. Why? To see his father, to be in the presence of his father. It wasn't about him, it was about his father. He was submitting himself to his father. What did he do in the garden? He said, Not my will, but yours be done. You know what? He was able to overcome the enemy. The biggest thing the enemy was coming against him with was to keep him off the cross. 
Because he could have spoken at any moment and there would have been angels show up, right? But he had to keep his mouth shut. They couldn't get him to say anything. Why? Because if he spoke, he was the one in authority, right? So, so Jesus got his authority from being under authority. Mark eleven twenty two. So this is this is the passage that we like to uh, uh, long for. <laughs> this is about faith, where we say three times and we believe once, you know. And and uh, it, but let's look at this. So so Jesus answered and said to them, "Have." Faith in God. Now, we're going to look at that phrase here in just a second. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he saith will come to pass, will be done. I'm trying to say the King James. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you Ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So there's a lot in there. Um, but he's, he's talking about talking and commanding to something. He says, if you actually believe that. It's really hard to believe what you're commanding if you haven't believed what you've been commanded to do. Does that make sense? It's hard to believe in the source of your power when you're not submitting to it yourself. How do we believe? We believe from a position of having already submitted to the authority of God. Amen? So sometimes when we're looking at that, we can put a lot of emphasis on speaking and it's, we, we have to speak. There is no ability for a policeman to uh, administer any authority. He's not just going to go around just shooting people. What do they do? They come up and they start talking to you, don't they? And they tell you, get out of the car. They give me this, do this, you know, all right? Why? Until they open their mouth, you don't know what they want, <laughs> right? But as soon as you open your mouth... If you're in authority, things will take place because you're not just speaking from a whim. You're speaking from a belief that is based upon what you've been submitting to already. Okay? But if you do not forgive, neither will our Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So we're going to look at what that, that uh, what our trespasses actually are. And I alluded to it already. What are our trespasses in the military? They're not infidelity, they're not smoking, they're not taking drugs. Well, I don't know. They might not let you get by with taking drugs. I don't know. But, and that might be because you can't operate very well when you do that. But, but how do you trespass in the, in, when, when a command is given? When you just don't follow the command, right? So let's kind of follow that train of thought a little bit. Can we do that? Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. So let's look at this. So I want to look at that first phrase, and I, I, I said we would. So, um, so we're looking at, at this 22nd verse there. It says, have faith in God. And a lot of times when uh, most of the translations say have faith in God, but when you go and actually look at the, uh, the Hebrew version of this, or a few, and I'll show you a couple other translations here also. It's actually a, 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 like a phrase that is, is, is a common phrase. And it says, have faith in God, but it's not just in him. Have his faith. Have the kind of faith that he has. Uh, don't just believe in him. Believe the way he believes have the faith of God. And so here in the, in the modern King James, it says, and, uh, have faith of God. All right? And then in the, in the Passion, it says, let the faith of God be in you. So what does God do? <laughs> he has a black void, and he wants to, he wants to create. So what does he do? He speaks. Now, he speaks because he's the authority over everything, right? 
But we speak only from a position of authority. If we're going to have the God kind of faith, we're going to have to, if we're going to have the faith of God, we're going to have to get it from him. And we're going to, how do you get faith from God? Well, you better know what he has to say. That's why we have the word of God. But it's not enough to just know the word of God. How many have, have, have been there yourself? I know the word and I still feel like, or you know somebody like that that knows all the word and yet they're just kind of, you know, defeated. <laughs> because it's not about knowing the word of God, it's about doing the word of God. Jesus said, you know, don't be hearers, be doers. Because the doers are the ones that get to sit down with Abraham. Right? They're the ones that enter the kingdom. That's where the authority lies. Matthew 28. Because of Jesus' authority, we have authority. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So he's, because of his obedience, you know if Jesus hadn't come, if he had said no, he wouldn't have been able to say this. Even Jesus. Why was all that authority given to him? It's because of his obedience. Amen? And so, what does he do immediately? He says, all authority's been given to me. And I've, I've, I've kind of wondered, it's like, well, that's really cool. You know, you got all the authority. Why are you telling me to go? Because now you get to operate in authority if you'll do what I tell you to do. <laughs> but you will have no authority unless you do. Does that make sense? This is actually really kind of simple, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, where, where does our, our authority even in faith come from? Why can I... Why can I speak to a mountain and expect it to go or, or to declare anything? And, and if I just believe it, anything, because it changes your wants when your wants have been submitted to his declarations, his commands. When you submit your will to his commands, now your will is going to be in line with his will. You're not going to do something that's outside of his, his will because you can't. Your authority stops when your will violates his. Man, this is really good, isn't it? <laughs> and so that's where your faith can be built up. Your faith can, every time you do something that we've been given, we, man, every time we come together, we're given something to do. Amen? And we can either say it's kind of optional or I'm kind of doing it already. Or, I mean, do your kids ever do that? It's like Brayden was sitting on the couch this morning, you know, and I said, well, come on, let's go downstairs and, and, and um, get ready for school, you know. And he just sits there. I said, I said, let's go. And he said, well, I just got up. And that means what? You know, it's like, <laughs> no. When you're told something, if you don't do it, what have you just done? According to the military, <laughs> you've disobeyed. You have sinned, right? So a lot of times when we want to, we want to put sin in this really ominous, you know, the people out in the world stuff, you know, the the, the really terrible things, you know, that people do, you know. Oh well, he's gonna, he can, he can cuss a blue streak, you know, he, you know. And, and, and you, it's, it's those people. But you know what? God's not concerned about the world as much. He said, what are you doing? When you're calling yourself mine, are you doing what I say? And sometimes his commands pass us by as if they're not really all that big of a deal. And yet to him they are. That makes sense. Man, this is kind of tough, isn't it? But it's really not. It's really, it's really good because, you know, this is who we are, Right? So Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, that was just the disciples. That was just them. 
But all of us are given this same command, aren't we, to some extent? And, and especially when we grow up in the church and grow up in America, sometimes we can say, okay, uh, how's that going to happen, you know? And I believe that, that God wants to say, okay, you know what? Let's just get your will involved with that. Let's, let's just say, okay, that's for me, right? The reason why I wanted to say this is to make the connection. There is a going. It will be, it will be uh, hooking up with the body of Christ in some way. It will be serving in some way. It will be doing something outside of ourself. Because the greatest in the kingdom is who? Servants, right? Why? What do servants do? The will of the master, right? They are the ones with the most authority, the servants. Jesus said, I, I didn't come to be over you. I became be, to be under you because until I'm under, I don't have authority. It's the position of being low that puts us in high, right? It's like Mark's teaching, you know? <clears throat> All right, let's keep going. Teaching them to observe all things that I have done what? commanded you you know sometimes you know we want to say well we're don't you don't you get me into legalism don't you get me into doing stuff i'm sorry you don't have any authority unless you're doing the will of the father amen jesus said i didn't come to do away with the law i came to fulfill it what is the law it's the will of the father now it might not be all those details you know, they weren't allowed to do all kinds of stuff, you know, because <clears throat> they took what Moses said, and they just, the Talmud is like way bigger than the, <laughs> than the books of Moses, you know, because uh, they just extended it all out, put their own opinions on everything. <clears throat> Jesus said, I came to give you the heart of God, the will of God. You get in me, you'll get the will of God. Amen? But you get the will of God, you better do it, Right? Teaching them to do, to observe all, what does that mean? That doesn't mean just say, oh yeah, that's a good one. No, it means I'm going to do it, right? All things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What does that mean? That means our authority is always with us continually. What, you know, sometimes when we think, oh, it's just going to be so good to just have Jesus with us all the time. He's just so wonderful. He's just so sweet all the time. You know what Jesus does wherever he's at? He, he administers authority. To have Jesus in your presence is not to just have a wonderful, cozy feeling. It's to have a directive in your presence all the time. Amen? It puts you in alignment. You cannot do certain things that you would do otherwise. Amen? Deliverance comes not in an event or some kind of process that you go through. It comes in the presence of the master that he says, if you will do what, if, if you're going to actually submit to, to, to my will, you're just not going to do these things if you really believe you're in the presence of the master. But you know what? It takes some practice. It takes some practice. And here's the wonderful thing about grace is it gives us some grace. But it, its purpose is not to leave us in a position of not having authority. It's to take us to a position of authority where we learn to live in purity. We learn to live into the will of God. Amen? And it takes us to a place where now we encounter something that's unpure. And we are the one over it because we've been under the one who is. Amen? This is kind of good, isn't it? think it'll be helpful. But this all goes to faith. So here, here's one thing. that. So having the faith of God, and this, this is the real thing that I see in this. What does God do? He speaks, doesn't he? And things happen. And we're going to have the faith of God. He's spoken to us. Just as if we were a mountain. And until we move, we're not having his faith. Can you see that correlation? Every time we're actually submitting to the will of God, his voice of faith is being fulfilled in us. 
can you see this wonderful connection? <laughs> Do I need to say it again? <laughs> this is like revelation to me somewhat. Can you see it? That God, the God of the universe, the God of creation has spoken to us to do something. And what did that, you know, Mark eleven twenty three and 24 says, if, if any man, right, says to this mountain, be thou removed. What is that? That's the faith of God speaking to something to move. Speaking something to do something. And the God of creation has spoken, spoken to us in faith to do something. And every time we respond in faith to do that thing he's told us, we're like the mountain that he said would be moved. Can you, can you see that? And actually, we become a part of the faith of God, not just having faith in him. It actually becomes who we are. We're like a, a, a living representation of the fulfilled will of God every time we act in accordance to it. Wow, that's, that's really amazing, isn't it? <laughs> but it's not, and here's the wonderful thing about this, is this, is, this doesn't just become a religious thing, because we're talking about this right now, and you can say, oh boy, I really got my hands full now. I had a lot of stuff I was just... It's, it's, here's the wonderful thing about this, is it, it doesn't work that way. As soon as you start making it into a do's and don'ts, it just becomes religion again. That's why it has to remain in the realm of relationship. It only works by love. Amen? So, Luke 6, 27. But I say to you, who here? Now, when there's an implication that you're not just hearing, you're going to do something with it, right? Love your enemies. I'm just going to go through. There's several commands in this, just as, as examples, okay? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. Well, right there's some things that we could actually put down on a list of things that we need to do, right? But why am I doing that? It's because I'm submitting myself to the one I love. I'm not doing it like you would in the military because I have to or else I'm going to have to run around the field saying, I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot. My dad told me he had to do that or people would have when he was in boot camp, you know. It's, it's not, it's, God's not looking to punish us. He's calling us into a position of authority that he says, when you begin, and these are the kinds of things that they're, they're commands. Jesus, those are the commands that Jesus said, go and, and disciple people and, and to teach them to do the things that I've commanded you. These are the kinds of commands. And these are not fun. These are, they, they don't just come up out of the, oh, I just, I just have this overwhelming love for my enemies. Actually, Democrats, right, JT? It's like, it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, that might have eliminated some of our <laughs> watchers. <laughs> you know, okay, Russians, whatever. You know, it's like, we can all agree on that, you know. <laughs> Okay, there's some Russians too, okay? So we, we just, he said, love everybody, right? Because that's the heart of God. Jesus came to lay down his life for every single person. And that person that offends us the most, he said, my will is, my will, the, the will of the Father is that you don't just let me be the one that loves them, but you love them through me. And I am commanding you to do that as if you're a mountain and, if you, <laughs> and I'm commanding to you to do it by faith. God's speaking to us as if we're mountains that need to move. Amen? I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also, and from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. 
And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those uh, from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Aren't you grateful for that? None of us deserve God. Amen? And the only reason we're there is because of this. Because this is how he is to us. And we cannot have the faith of God until we have the love of God. The love of God is what activates that faith. Amen? Luke 7, 47. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So I just said something that is the key to this. Now, we're talking about authority. We're talking about getting under the will of God. It's hard to get under, uh, under the authority of God until you appreciate the amount of forgiveness that's ours in his presence. Amen? And we might not have killed a whole bunch of people or, you know, done this or done that, but anything, anything, he's a holy God. And the only reason we are in his presence at all is because of an infinite amount of mercy and forgiveness. Amen? And, and when you get that kind of forgiveness, so what I'm seeing here is the ability to fulfill the command of God in our life. It doesn't come from our, our will. It comes from our reception of his authority over us. Amen? And what is his authority over us? Forgiveness and mercy displayed in our life. Amen? So, and, and, and it's really kind of interesting to see all the disciples in several different, you know, in the boat here with this lady. Just empty of faith. All they're seeing is natural things, right? And Jesus is seeing a heart of forgiveness. It's enabling power over the... you totally disrupt the, the realm of darkness when you start operating in the authority that only comes in love. Amen? Your sins are forgiven. Okay, so here we go. And this is where we need to rely on completely. We need to be in a position of humility before God all the time because we are never without sin. We're never without, we're never in a position because of, of just who we are. We're in violation. There's so many things that God wants us to do that we're in violation of. But we don't, we don't concentrate on that. We concentrate on the forgiveness that we have. There is no condemnation to us, amen, because we're in Christ. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. But faith working through love, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So what, what's happened for us in this? We can operate in authority if we're receiving forgiveness completely. You see that? And that empowers us to do what he said to do, to love. Amen? And that will look like a lot of other things. It, it, will, it, will, it, will, change, it will transform who we are. You know, we want to be transformed uh, uh, by the renewing of our mind. This is the kind of renewing of our mind that will transform who we actually are. Not living to ourself anymore. Amen? Actually, there's a whole lot more in here. Amen? This is, we're, we're scratching. It's, it's a good entrance though, right? Let's look at this. I think this is the last one I got. Behold, I give you the authority. I give you the authority. Now, it's not enough to just have the authority. Again, it's like a policeman. Until you are living under the authority, having it does no good. 
You can't, you cannot expect to speak to a mountain. That's why it says when you're standing in prayer, forgive. Why? Because your authority comes from forgiveness. You're, that's being under God's will. Amen? Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. So we're talking about authority, and a lot of times when we get into God, we want to get into the big stuff. We want to get into the signs and the wonders. We want to get in. He said, let's, let's, let's focus on you. What are you do? What are you under? What are you submitting to? And stay in that realm and everything else will follow after. That's why Jesus, went, he went around doing stuff and he never got caught up in the stuff. You know? That's because he was living in a realm above the stuff. You don't really get to dominate the, the, the problems. You don't get to dominate the spirits. It, you know, when you, when you want to cast out a spirit, you don't do some kind of exorcism where you have to stir something up, you know, and kind of... No, it's where you've been before, you know. <laughs> a policeman doesn't have to try to work up some kind of authority when he stops you on the side of the road. He's already got it, you know. He's probably packing it on the side of his hip, but, but you know. <laughs> we get our authority in that place, amen? Because our names are written in glory. That's where we get our. That's where we get our security. That's where we get our. That's where we get our life. Amen. Getting under the. Saying God, what you want for my life? I, we used to. <laughs> use Jesus, use me, and oh Lord, don't refuse me. You know those old songs we used to sing about just laying down our lives. And we used to do this a lot, just come to the altar and just, God, here I am. Here I am. I, I, I'm here for you. I, I, this is necessary. Being full of the Spirit is necessary because what it does is it's, it's the washing out of my spirit and the filling up of him. And it's something that's a continual reception and a continual process. It, where it says have the faith of God, it also implies be having the faith of God. That means always be in a position where what God's commanding you is being fulfilled in you, and now you have his faith. Amen? It's your identity. It's not something you're trying to do. It's not trying something you're building up. It's something you have because you've been submitted to it. Amen? Isn't that good? <laughs> 